Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Make Room, a message from Brother Seth Moore. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Chapter 4, I will also read a text out of Psalm 132, 2 Kings chapter 4, amen. I love singing those old songs, they never get old to me. I don't know who called them old, because they don't, they're always fresh every time I sing them. I, I love it, I love it, and with a... Someone like Brother Hammond behind the, the keyboard, it just is easy to keep on singing. He just, my goodness, it's, whew, we could spend a little while here, but we're going to get into the word of the Lord and just see what God has in store. I, I just am very confident, not in myself, but I am confident in what the Holy Ghost has orchestrated this morning. Does anybody, has anybody come expecting something special from heaven today. I pray that you are ready to receive anything and everything that the Lord has for us. So 2 Kings chapter 4 and beginning with verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha, the prophet Elisha, went to Shunem where there was a notable woman. King James calls her a great woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. I don't know about Elisha, but it does not take too much persuasion to get me to eat some food. Come on, somebody. So it was, as often as he passed by, he figured it out. Hey, this lady is going to keep offering me a, a hot meal. I may as well keep coming by. He would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. The King, Je- King James says frequently or, or uh, uh, um, uh, continuously. Thank you. And verse 10 says, Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us He can turn in there or stay there. David would cry out in chapter 132, the book of Psalms, beginning with verse 3. I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until, somebody shout until, until I find a place Or I make a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. I'm just going to ask that you help me pray for just another moment. And we're going to ask the Lord would speak in this place with this simple title in mind, Make Room. Would you make room right now for the Lord to minister, to speak? Would you help me right now? In the name of Jesus, we call upon you, Father. We just declare over this atmosphere right now that you are here. You've already 
you've already touched us. You've already ministered in a mighty way. But I, I know that you have not finished what you've started. You've not done blessing and ministering and healing and delivering and filling the lives of those that are in this place this morning. I just declare and agree with this precious church today that there is room. There's room enough for you to fill this place. There's room enough in my life. I pray that you can abide with me. You can stay with me and you can speak to my heart, to my life. In Jesus' name, would you just seal that with a loud amen right now? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I, I'm going to go ahead and just declare right now, this is, this is not a very complicated message. I have a very simple and straightforward message here today. I've not come to impress anybody today, but I, I feel strongly in the, in the Holy Ghost today that God has come to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I, I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you've never spoken in tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance or the ability to do so. Or maybe it's it's been a while. Maybe you're in a drought and you, you've, you've gone a long time since you felt the presence of God hit you in a new and fresh way. But I've come to declare whatever your need is today, whether you, you need to be baptized with the Spirit or baptized in the waters for the remission of sin, or maybe you've come distraught or down and oppressed, I've come to tell you that there's enough of God to fill every single one of us here today that he has not exhausted his resources but he has come with a touch from heaven and if you create enough opportunity for him to move he will not disappoint you today I feel it so strongly today that there's somebody that needs God to move very urgently. That Perhaps you came in today wondering if you should continue trusting and continue serving Him and continuing to do the things that you've always done. But I've come to encourage you today not to give up. That you've come to the right place at the right time. And this is a divine appointment that God has brought you to a crossroads where you're about to make a decision if you've not already made it that as for me and my house we will serve the Lord whether me and my house is you and you alone or you and your family I've come to declare that if you open up the space for God to move He will come in and fill it and He will bless your life Hallelujah Hallelujah it was upon the ascension of the prophet Elijah into that whirlwind that Elisha Elisha received a double portion of Elijah's anointing and was charged with bringing deliverance and blessing unto the people of God. And in many ways, this prophet Elisha, he typifies the Spirit of God that moves about it. It hovers over us. It provides opportunities for change to anybody and everybody that he passes by. The Bible tells us that the prophet Elisha would 
regularly or he would continually pass by the house of this Shunammite woman. And it was on a particular day. It was on a very pivotal day, a providential day that this woman, this great woman as the Bible calls her, said to her husband, you know that man that keeps passing by, I think it's about time that we make some room for him to stay a little while. She knew it wasn't good enough to see him just go by her home. So instead, she made it a priority. Somebody hear me this morning. She made it a priority to create enough space in her home. Maybe she had to knock down a few walls. Maybe she had to kick some of the clutter to the curb. Maybe she had to have a yard sale to get rid of enough stuff to create enough space for the man of God. And by extension, and the favor of God to dwell in her home. I wonder what would happen today at Greater Faith Apostolic Church if every head of a household today would stand to their feet and say, I'm sick and tired of mediocrity. I'm sick and tired of just an average relationship with God. I'm ready to kick out some things. I'm ready to rearrange some schedules. I'm ready to reprioritize my world so that God has enough room to truly do do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Yes, I came to be confrontational for a moment. I hope I don't freak anybody out. I hope I don't make you too uneasy. But the Lord does call somebody to speak a word that hits us where we're at. And if you're, if you're here today and you need to hear this, I just encourage you to open up your heart. Because as you begin to open up your heart, He gives you a word in a very timely way. In a way that God wants to move in your life. If you just create enough space for God. I've got to build a room. I've got to make a space for God to come visit a while. The Lord reminded me lately that, that one of the primary reasons we deal with so much strife in our homes is, is because there's very little to no room for His presence to stay, for His presence to remain. And we wonder why there's so much chaos and turmoil. You know what it is? It's called clutter. It's called junk. It's called stuff. Clutter that you just don't need. You, get, you need to learn to stop hanging on to clutter. You need to stop hoarding those things that, that don't matter. That in eternity they really don't matter. They don't carry any weight. But you get comfortable hanging on to the clutter. And all it does is it clouds your judgment. And it clouds your mind. And God can't get a word in edgewise. Because it's so jammed full of clutter. And it's time that me as a man, as the head of my home, that says this is the day we're going to serve the Lord. Family, it's time to get the junk out. It's time to get the sin out. It's time to get the habits out. It's time to kick the devil to the curb and say you're not going to touch my family. You're not going to have your way. But I'm going to give God enough room that he can stop by for a while. Woo! See, you know, I want to know what our problem is. And just to be 
just to be fair, I'm preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to this man right here because I need this reminder myself that it's so easy to fall into the Sunday-Wednesday relationship with God where we check in and we check out. We clock in and we clock out. We come by and we pacify our religiosity just long enough to where we feel a little bit better about ourselves. But then you know what happens on Monday morning? We allow that clutter to cloud and and, and mute the voice of God in our lives. And by Tuesday, we're so carnal, we can't even we can't even recognize the voice of God. I've not come to step on toes. I just called, I just came to call the devil out for a minute and say if you would learn to create enough opportunity for the voice of God to stay a while, then maybe you could get over that hump of just checking in on Sunday and checking in on Wednesday. But I want to have a daily relationship with the presence of God. I'm trying to help somebody here today. I'm trying to help somebody here today. Hallelujah. Did you know that? Did you? This blew my mind. Did you know that the self storage business is a $40 billion industry? Now, if you own any of those self storage units, I'm, I didn't come to preach to you. God bless you. I hope He blesses your business. But I've just come to tell you there's a reason why it's a $40 billion industry industry. It's because we got too much stuff that we don't need. We're hanging on the stuff that we've had for 30 years that we've done forgot that we even have. And then when we go to move, it's like we're packing the same old stuff from destination to destination. No wonder we don't feel liberated when we're in the presence of God. No wonder we feel no freedom on Monday. Morning, it's because you're carrying that baggage uh, from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, uh, from year to year, you're dragging that mess uh, from destination to destination, and God has no room because of all the clutter. I've come to tell you that God will not compete with our clutter. God refuses to be second or second chair in your life. He said, if I'm not Lord of all, then I'm not Lord at all. If he's not Lord of every part of my life, then I cannot truly call him Lord of my life. We grow comfortable in our clutter. We go. We grow comfortable in our mess. But I've come today to encourage somebody. I wonder if you could, you could, you could identify with Barnabas when the Bible says this was a man who was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. But this is so difficult when there's all this stuff taking up space. When all this clutter takes up all the available space for God to move and God to stay. The the Bible says to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. I don't know about you, but, but, but not everything that I deal with is a sin. 
It's not, it's not even a temptation. Some stuff is just baggage. It's just weight. It's just excess weight that I've been, that, that makes me, you know, it's like that security blanket. I don't know if you ever hang on to something that just feels nice to keep around. And your wife says, honey, you know you've not, you've not messed with that in, in 20 years. You know you've not used that tool in five years. And you keep telling yourself, well, you just never know. You just never know when you're going to need it. I'm going to hang on to it a little bit longer. You never know when i got to go back and dig that out of the corner. And you just never know when it's going to come in handy and you're just lying to yourself. You're just fooling yourself. And then all, all the while you're accumulating things that don't matter. You're accumulating things that just takes up space. And you're accumulating emotions and accumulating hurts, habits, and hang-ups and stuff that just clutters and clouds. Your, your judgment and you can no longer hear the voice of God hallelujah she noticed she noticed this pattern began to develop that this prophet Elisha would pass by regularly somebody tell your neighbor right now he's passing by now He's passing by now. Tell your other neighbor, he's passing by right now. I, 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 I want to tell you right now, that's nothing particularly unusual. Many times in Scripture, we find Jesus passing by. We find in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, it says, Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. In Mark chapter 6, another account, the Bible says that he, Jesus, saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. It says, now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And catch this, this is a very striking, striking scripture. It says, he would have, he would have passed them by. What do you mean he would have passed them by? How is that right? How is that fair? God, you can obviously see that we're in distress. Why would you just pass us by? Clearly, clearly we could use your help. But you see, church, that the obvious, the obvious distress of our lives does not obligate God to stop and to pay us a visit. In other words, that just having a need as dire as it may be is not what gets his attention we can clearly see throughout scripture that many times the Lord would have simply walked on by had it not been for somebody getting up and doing something to get his attention I'm not of the persuasion that all I gotta do is just believe in the sense of having some head knowledge and God is bound and, and obligated to come by and rescue me in my despair but the Greek for believe means you are committed you are committed to a point that your belief moves you into obedience it pushes you into action it pushes you in to a response to your awareness of his presence I wonder if today anybody believes that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The Bible is very plain when it says that faith without works is dead. 
Your faith ought to motivate you to a place of obedience, to a place where God can see that you have great faith. You can't just acknowledge that he is your personal savior. You've got to get to a point where you're willing to repent. You're willing to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you're willing to receive the Holy Spirit of God. And you will speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the ability the Bible says hallelujah I'm so tired of seeing people frustrated with their results because of an unwillingness to do the work to do the work I know this is word it, oh, it, 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 it pierces a little bit it cuts a little bit But isn't that the word of God? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divining and asunder of soul and spirit. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents. And his word can speak to right where you are today. I dare say that there's somebody here today that come with a need. You have a situation that's beyond your control. But I want to encourage you, don't stop there. Just having a need is not enough to get his attention. The Bible says that it's by faith uh, that God wrought good works. Uh, It was by faith uh, that Moses walked through uh, on dry land. Uh, It was by faith uh, that our forefathers uh, saw the great things that they did. And it's by faith today that we're going to be victorious in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have no doubt, I have no doubt in God's ability to do the instantaneous miracle. Believe me, I, I've seen them done. I've heard about them. Haven't you? Where the blind come and they're instantaneously healed. It's in the Bible. I know it can happen. But you know what happens more often than the instantaneous? It's when somebody obeys his commands. And it's in the obeying. It's in the response response to his word that he comes in with a healing touch God I wish you would just sweep in here right now and do an instantaneous work yes that would be amazing but more often than not he wants to see does your faith does it does it move you to a place of obedience to where he can touch your life Obedient faith. It's when people start implementing the disciplines necessary. I know I just used the the nasty D word. Discipline. Nobody likes that word. It doesn't feel good. It it, it rubs me the wrong way. It, it, It challenges me. It confronts me. It, 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 it rubs me wrong. It, it agitates me. It irritates me. It's that nasty D word, discipline. He wants to know, does anybody have enough discipline? Discipline. The discipline that's necessary that makes room for him to move. You see, you see, I, I'm just, I'm just calling it like it is. This is, if let me, I'm not pointing fingers. This is, this is, this is my world. This is my life. I want God to show up on my timing, under my circumstances, uh, under under my conditions. I want Him to show up in my in my pretty little box that I've made for Him. It, it, you know, I can I can put Him away. I can I can tuck Him away. I can get Him out. 
in a moment's notice and I can like, like a genie in a lamp I treat God sometimes and, and you know God don't confront the way I'm living but if you just show up every time I need you then we could get along just fine but I've come to help somebody that God will not be treated like a genie in a lamp God wants to be the Lord of your life and if he says if you can create just a discipline or two and we can start with some obedience then maybe I might move in your life maybe I might stop by and stay a while. Maybe I'll just stop by and stay a while. But no doubt that Shunammite woman and her husband, they had to rearrange some things. They had to, perhaps they had to go purchase some things. They had to, they had to do the things necessary to create a room where the man of God, and by extension, the very presence and the word of God could sit and stay for more than just a meal. But he would dwell with them and he would he would commune with them and he would fellowship with them. Oh, imagine that life. Imagine that house was never the same again when they put up a room on the rooftop notice where they put it they didn't put it in the basement they put it on the rooftop they said God you're going to get the best view you're going to get the suite you're going to get the penthouse you're going to get the best part of my life I'm going to construct a place for you God where it just shows you that you are preeminent in my life you are the first in my life and you are the best thing that's ever happened to me I don't know about you but I'm not satisfied with simply knowing that God is in the vicinity they just sang the song a little bit ago that when he's in the room miracles happen angels are moving and strongholds fall and things happen when you can get God in the room I'm not happy enough with just knowing that I can experience him a little bit while I'm at church. But I want to know that when I go back home, when I get in my car, when I'm driving to work, that he's also there with me. That I didn't leave him in the church house, but I took him everywhere that I go. Somebody take a minute right now and begin to create some space. Make some room for the miraculous right now. Would you make some room for the Holy Ghost right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Little did she know that she was making room for the miraculous. She was making room for a miracle in her life. She didn't even see it coming. I don't know about you, but the Lord has blessed me before when I didn't even see it coming. I didn't even deserve it. But He showed up at the back door with a gift, with a blessing, with some favor, with an answer to a prayer that I forgot I even prayed. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God that we serve. And that's the kind of God that I want living in my house. I want that God not to just show up on occasion, but I want Him in my home 24-7. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to I'm going to condense this 
this story and then get to the altar call in just a few minutes because I feel like the waters, like the pool of Bethesda, I feel like the angel has come down and stirred the waters to where anything can happen here. And it's going to hang on your decision to obey the Word of God. I'm just being honest. It's going to hinge on your obedience, whether or not you're going to walk out of here today feeling better than the way you came in because it's not the will of God that you leave the same way that you came this morning. But come to find out, after she had made room for the man of God in her home, she and her husband, that they had tried and tried and tried to have a baby, but she could not conceive. And the prophet's servant told told Elisha, you know this woman, they have been trying to conceive and they want, they desire this gift from God and, 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 and they cannot seem to break through and they cannot seem to get the answers and they've tried and they've failed and they've, they, they've wondered, well, what, what's wrong with us? Is there something wrong? What have we done wrong? Let me just encourage somebody right now that you cannot always uh, just blame yourself or where you came from or your pedigree or your education you can't just blame it on any of those things why God hasn't moved in the way that you hoped he had but I've come to tell you there is a divine timing there is a divine appointment and I believe that right now could be that very moment for somebody in this place because you've been faithful through the thick and the thin on the mountain and the valley through the sea oh you've been faithful and God has taken note of your faithfulness and he's about to show up in your life so the Lord blesses and I believe because of what they did to prepare room for the man of God he blessed them and they had this beautiful baby boy oh do you remember what that feels like Welcome that beautiful baby boy or that precious baby girl into your world. It changes everything. There's a song that says a baby changes everything. I don't know about you, but then you multiply it by four. And my word, it really changes everything. And your world is upside down and you, you don't know your head from your tail. And you're just, you're wondering what in the world is going on and and if, am I ever going to do this thing right? I don't know about you parents, but I, I still think, am I doing any of this thing right? My wife and I just are puzzled sometimes. Oh, what are we doing sometimes? And, and then there's other times when you're like, you know what? I think we did something right. Bless God they're loving Jesus. Bless God they're serving the Lord. Bless God they're, 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 they're ministering in the house of God. Bless God He does honor His Word. He does he does show up. He is faithful when you create space for Him. Families, I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe, maybe you just need to make a little more space in your home for God to have some fellowship with you. It might fix some things. It might give a little more peace. It, may, it might help with the, the strife. It might help with, with some, of the, some of the chaos. I'm not saying that everything is just going to be 100% 
you know, hunky-dory walking on cloud nine, whatever other, whatever other uh, idiom you want to use. But, but I'm telling you, when you seek Him first, uh, God has a way of blessing your life and blessing your family. But I, I got on a tangent. Excuse me for a second. But the Bible says that this child, this child was about 12 years old or so. And, and, and one day out of nowhere, I'm going to help somebody here with the word listen to me the Bible says that out of nowhere this blessing this beautiful baby boy that God blessed this Shunammite family with the Bible says that his head began to hurt and to a point this was beyond just a headache or a migraine it was something very very dire and he ran to his father in the fields and he was complaining and the boy after the father sent him back to his mother because he knew there was something Something that was very urgent, and and this and the servant in the field rushed this boy back to home, and and as he sat on his mother's lap, the same lap that held that boy and nursed that baby in its infancy, and that same mother that reared him and and witnessed his first steps and witnessed his his first uh, bite of of food and and witnessed his his. Uh, 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 his first birthday and, and witnessed these, these momentous times in his life. This, this same woman sat as her baby boy passed from this life. And oh, I dare say that this was a very, very pivotal moment in her world. As she sat and stared in the face of the promised child that she now had to relinquish into the arms of God. But the Bible says that she did not she did not make plans for a funeral. The Bible says that she did not grieve herself to a point where she just gave up on any chance for God to intervene. I've come to speak to somebody's life right now. You might be in a circumstance where it feels like everything that you thought was stability has just been swept from underneath your feet and the world that you knew is crashing in on you. I've come to tell you that God is still aware of where you are. And I want you to catch what this woman did. The Bible says that she took that boy. And you want to know where she placed him she placed him not in the living room she didn't put him in a casket she didn't put him out of sight out of mind but the Bible says that she placed his lifeless body in the very place that she made for the man of God she placed that baby boy in the room and on the bed of the man of God that she had made a space for many many years ago let me help somebody right now that if you will learn to create some space for God that even in the moment of turmoil and unbelief and in a place of dire straits that if you've got a place where God can move I've come to tell you that's enough for God to sit by and stay a while the Bible says that the man of God showed up he knew right where to go it was the same place that was made for him 
while he would pass by and he met that boy in that room and the Bible says that in just a few moments that that breath began to enter into his body again and what was lifeless what was hopeless what was beyond any kind of of miracle it seemed that God began to pump life back into that boy and she had a miracle she had a testimony of God's goodness and it was all because she made a place she made enough room for God to show up any time that he wanted and any time that she needed oh he was not just an expendable commodity but he was a priority God's presence was preeminent in her life so much so that even in an emergency God knew right where to show up. I wonder if sometimes if we're ever guilty of, of so much clutter that even in, in, even in an, an emergency situation that when God goes to show up that he, he has to shake his head and he has to say, I, I, don't, know where to, I don't know where to move. I don't know where to stay. I don't, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to get in to your cluttered and chaos. I don't know how to get in. I, I'm not just going to kick the door down. I'm not just going to run through and, 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 and push myself into your life. But the Bible says that we have a choice. From the very time that he created Adam and Eve, he gave us a choice. The choice to love him and to serve him and so God will not force himself into your situation but when you've created the room for him that he, when he shows up he knows right where to meet you I want to close at this time I want brother David if you would come and music come and I feel right now that, uh, that there is a very pivotal opportunity in the presence of God that, that I, I cannot shake what I told you I felt in preparation, that God wanted to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost today. And, and here's the thing, here's the thing, whether it's your first time or it's going to be a, a, a refilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, it, you, you, never, you never just get it once and then that should pacify you for the rest of your life. Uh, the Bible says that it's every day, every day you ought to be drinking from the wellspring of life. Every day you ought to be tapping in to the depths of the Spirit of God. Every day you ought to be filled with this Spirit. Uh, you ought to pray in the Spirit. You ought to see him and you ought to fall in love with him all over again I've come to build some faith here this morning that whatever you need if you would just take one step one step that could be the start of your miracle that could be the start of a revival I'm just going to go ahead and declare right now over Ironton Ohio over this region over the tri-state that if there would be just a group of people just as big as this group right here that would just take one step in the direction of God that you will begin to create some room kick some things aside and God will know right where to show up 
I don't know about you, but I'm ready for God to show up. I'm ready for God to stay a while. I'm not satisfied with just a Sunday shout experience and then go back and live the same way that I live on the weekdays. But I want God to show up. I want God to do what He wants to do. Not on my timing, but on His timing. I wonder if you would stand to your feet right now. I feel so strongly what I said, and I'm going to say it again. I feel like sometimes uh, you got to say it until until you you you, you believe it. Uh, sometimes you got to preach to yourself and say, "Today is going to be a new day. Today is not going to be average. Today is not going to be just like yesterday or last Sunday." But I'm ready for a shift in the atmosphere. I'm ready for God to do something that I've never given Him the space to do before. I'm not going to ask for anybody right yet to identify whether you have the Holy Ghost or not. But I believe as we begin to worship in just a moment and we begin to confess unto the Lord our faults, our sins, we're going to start with just cleaning house for a minute. I believe that we're going to get God's attention and we're going to begin to just open the door just enough so that God can begin to slip in and begin to work on our hearts. It just takes one step to start. It just takes one prayer of repentance to start this thing off. Does anybody believe that today? That God cannot deny a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's the word. That's the word. Listen, you got up. You cleaned yourself off. You may or may not have did your hair. I won't judge. But you got here. You may as well get something while you're here. You may as well take a turn and make a move in a different direction. If you're going to do this thing, why do it half-hearted? Why do it? Why do it just 50% or even 75%? Why don't you go head first and just give God your best praise today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, everyone under the sound of my voice, uh, I want to know if you would just extend your heart to God right now. The Bible says to confess. The Bible says to call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. I want right now, everybody, if you would begin to call on Him, the Bible says He will come in and He'll begin to do a work. If you would begin to clear out some clutter, if you would begin just to move some things aside, maybe you have to adjust your priorities and maybe God would just come down and stay a while this morning. Would you just help me pray right now from front to back side to side could we just ask the Lord right now to examine us oh God would you look into my life would you examine me right now thanks for joining with us today be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.